Hello, my beautiful people. This is your podcaster, Romina. Hope everybody's having a great and a fabulous day so far. I'm super duper hyper as I have a lot of coffee. But guess what? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day you're listening to this. Welcome to RM Podcast FL. So um, before we do even get started, you guys, I just want to let you guys know that I am a normal human being, just like you guys. So for this year, this is the last episode. We are not having a new episode coming out on the 31st, but we're going to have one on January 7th. So I just want to let you guys know. So for my loyal audience out there, you do not get mad with me why I don't have a new episode next week. Okay, so that's out of the way. Like I said, all I have a life just like you guys. So I definitely want to spend a little bit more time with my family. But before we do get started to today's episode, I just want to kind of summarize some highlights that's been happening recently. Um, if you are in Jacksonville area, you definitely need to join the Jacksonville Podcasters Group. We just had our fourth quarter meeting recently. It was awesome. I got to meet a lot more podcasters local here in Jacksonville, Florida. And it's really, really cool because you actually get to interact with other podcasters, which I think is awesome. So we can kind of like relate to a whole different level. And actually, today's episode guest is also a podcaster. So I just kind of wanted to end this a little bit special. Uh, before we do even jump to the interview, I also had my presentation first time publicly speaking no I didn't trip no I didn't break my legs I think I did okay they told me I did fine but I will launch the full presentation soon and the topic of it is the art of podcasting so we can all relate to it especially if you listen to a podcast but if you want to know a little bit more of the behind of what a podcaster has to do in order to even bring an episode out there it does take time you guys it's not just one two three go you definitely need to look, go ahead and listen to that presentation, which will come soon. But if you do uh, want some book suggestions for 2020, 2020 vision, guys, um, go ahead and jump into www.rmpodcastfl.com. I went ahead and published an article where I summarize all the 2019 books that I have read. I know it's not a lot. If you're going to make fun of me, I'm just going to ask you how many you read. If you read more than me, yay. How in the world do you do it? Tell me. <laughs> so it's 29 books that I read last year. My goal was between one to two books a month. But I, I say last year. We're still in 2019, y'all. But um, 29 books. I put them, all the links in there. Most of them are from actually people that we've interviewed on the podcast before. So go ahead and definitely read the book. The link is there for the Amazon shortcut to go ahead and get to the book. And today's guest is a fellow podcaster, just like I mentioned earlier, Brian Ondraco. He is the host of Just Get Started Podcast, which is a great concept behind it. He conducts interviews with highly achieved individuals. Um, sounds familiar. <laughs> so we all want to put ourselves out there. We all want to learn a lot more, a lot of new things. We all want to improve ourselves. So Brian has been doing this for quite some time, and his life has changed drastically in the last few years. So I actually uh, grabbed a coffee virtually and uh, start chatting with him, seeing how his life has changed with just getting started and seeing what we can learn from his experiences. Because at the end of the day, this is what the podcast is all for. How to improve our careers and our personal lives one day at a time or one episode at a time. So far, you guys should be at 43 new lessons, just saying. <laughs> but let's jump into the interview. Hope you guys enjoyed. Happy listening. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in, investing your time to RM Podcast FL. Just like I didn't mention on the bio, today's guest speaker is Brian Andreco. Hi, Brian. How are you today? Romina, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. And thank you so much for making in. I, you guys, this episode launches on Tuesday, but it is a little bit late. So I definitely want to thank Brian for taking his time and it, and being a part of our podcast. I'm excited about this one because Brian himself, it's a podcaster as well. So I feel like we're gonna have to, a little bit more to talk about. But before we do jump there, I'm gonna pass the mic to you. If you wanna introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about Young Good to today, walk us through your life. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brandon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's always good to chat with other podcasters, other folks 
kind of doing that sort of thing. Cause I think it's, uh, it's something that I think everyone should be podcasting, but that's a whole nother topic we can talk through. Um, yeah, I mean, I can, gosh, I can go down a lot of different rabbit holes with this. Um, uh, let me give you kind of the basic and then, you know, pull me deeper where you want, but you know, as I kind of, you know, say I'm you know, kind of an average upbringing, um, you know, grew up in upstate New York, small town, um, Endicott where, you know, a lot of people know IBM It's where IBM started. Um, so had a lot of, you know, kind of buzz around that area in terms of IBM and the growth and stuff, but, um, you know, middle child, middle-class family, you know, again, nothing to write home to mom about. It was a good, it was a good childhood, nothing wrong with it. Um, and did a lot of different things. And I was involved in some different sports, um, played a lot of basketball. Golf was probably my biggest sport and, and really took me into my first career. And, uh, and yeah, I had a good time. You know, I, I was fortunate where, you know, being in that small town and growing up really in the, you know, let's call it the, the nineties, if you will, um, is kind of my teenage years and stuff really gave me an opportunity to kind of learn that, you know, to kind of expand myself a little bit, but at the same time, I was still sheltered in terms of some of the things that I knew or didn't know. And ultimately that's part of this whole discovery process. I've been in the last handful of years of like realizing there's a lot more to the world than I thought. Um, so anyways, I kind of fast forward there, but yeah, from a childhood standpoint, um, I, I really had a good upbringing. You know, like I said, there was a lot of things that certainly anyone can go back and say, Hey, I would love to do this different or that different, but no regrets. Um, at the end of the day, I learned a lot. And a lot of the things that I learned back in those days, I've been able to reflect on, especially over the last handful of years and ultimately change my life and, and kind of use that as motivation to kind of the next phase, if you will. Uh, so let me pause there because I know I can really go on some tangents and talk. So I want to make sure that was an okay overview to start with. So you did mention something about maybe you weren't as aware of a lot of things that might have, you know, you might have been exposed to at a younger age. What, what do you wish that would be maybe um, work ethic or maybe mentality mindset? Like what do you wish you knew at a younger age? All, yeah, all of the above. Um, you know, I think part of it, I think back now, it's, it's really interesting, you know, having a, a, you know, I have a seven-year-old and trying to teach him the right ways and, and hopefully what I think are the right ways and, and give him some guidance. You know, I think back when I was a kid and, and I think a lot of, you know, kids or, or young adults have this challenge is that, that question we always get, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? And it's always around some sort of career, it's always around so like, oh, I'm going to be an architect or a lawyer or whatever. And we kind of define our lives by some job um, or, or career, I guess you can call it. But the reality is what I rarely hear people, and this is what, kind of my answer when people ask me that now, like, oh, what do you want to, you know, what do you want to do the rest of your life? And my answer is I want to be happy. And I think it's such a, you know, obviously as an obvious answer, you could, you could say, and it's very kind of, you know, blanket statement, but the reality is allowing kids to understand that there's a whole vast world out there and they might want to do a lot of different things, but they have to explore and gain experiences to be able to actually figure out what they want to do. And it's very challenging when you're 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever, to try to say, hey, you're going to go to college and you're going to spend four years really learning to be this job. Um, I don't know. So I think I, I wish I learned that different, which, you know, I don't know if a lot of people do. Um, and I think nowadays it's starting to be talked about a little bit more that, hey, wait a minute, there's some different paths you can take, um, especially as you're growing up that maybe ultimately that could, you know, shape your life in a different way. So that would be probably the biggest thing is just kind of an understanding that I didn't have to get a job right out of school. Or I didn't have to have a quote unquote career. Not that you didn't want one, but that I could explore and dabble in a lot of different things and see what I liked or didn't like. Like, as I mentioned, I was a little sheltered. I mean, I think a lot of kids are where I did a certain things. I stayed in kind of a certain group, you know, hung around um, certain friends, if you will. And I didn't really expand myself. I didn't travel a lot. Um, I certainly didn't read a lot of books. I wasn't exposed to a lot of that stuff. Um, part of that's on me, obviously, but those are just some things where, you know, again, no regrets. I mean, life is what it is. Like I don't have, I don't have any, any regrets at all. It's just took me a little bit longer to learn um, and ultimately change kind of the path that I wanted to be on. And I can fully relate with that too, though, because I was a college dropout for quite some time. 
because I, I went for pharmacy because, you know, build a career. The career, like, will show your identity, will show who you are. And parents know the best, so they convinced me that pharmacy was the best way to go to the point that I dropped out because I was not happy. And then you go out there and you explore more to the world and then you truly find out what you like. So I feel like because you went through that, you would have a better way to interact with your child and guide him to the right steps. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And one of the things I'll touch on is like, this is just one point I talk about, but you know, like we have, and, and no offense to this role, but like guidance counselors, right? I had one in high school and, and, and you know, every high school probably has one, a guidance counselor. Well, they're giving you guidance and they've never experienced that career at all. So if you come to them and say, yeah, I want to go to this school because I want to be a pharmacist or I want to be an architect or I want to be, you know, whatever, um, what is their guidance? Like that, that just sounds, you know, instead of talking to a mentor, someone that's been doing that for 20 years and giving you the ins and outs. So I think there's a different way to gain experiences. Part of that, like I, I would encourage someone that's, you know, maybe listening and maybe they're younger and they're like, yeah, I want to go to school to be, you know, fill in the blank, go, go audit that person, you know, someone in your town that does that job for a weekend. Or, or hang out with them for a day, or try to get in a couple conversations, see what they actually go through. What do they like, what do they don't like, at least to get a little more perspective versus just saying, hey, this will be cool, I wanna do that. Um, because I think a lot of people won't sign up for the career that they ended up signing up for, and that's why most people change careers. Um, I don't know how many times, there's some stat out there, there's a handful of times most people change careers, but that's, that's the reason. So now you're invested, you know, whatever, 20, 40, hundred thousand dollars plus, we won't go into, I can go on a tangent about education system, but the, uh, you're spending a lot of money on a college education and really what do you get out of it? So it's just one of those things. I think there was a lot of opportunity for folks to really explore at an earlier age and ultimately, um, change their path. And we see, we're seeing that happen a lot these days, right? We're seeing careers change. We're seeing, you know, entrepreneurship has become cool. But, you know, I think of entrepreneurship in a different light. I'm not saying you can't, a lot of people need to go work for someone else. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is to explore the type of career or job that you may want instead of just getting pigeonholed into it early on and then you feel like you're stuck. And that's where a lot of people become unhappy and unfulfilled in life because they're in a job and a career that they just do not like. And they don't feel they can get out of it at all. So, so do you feel like like school kind of makes us careers like that awesome crystal glass you know like if you want this you can work very hard and reach it and once you reach there you're like well that's not what I really want it like because they they have to make it attractive for for a student to to go towards that career well right well let's let's go back and remember why schools existed right it's for factories. It's to educate people. And that's why schools are set up and that it's laughable. They're still similar to how they were a hundred years ago, but you know, and I don't know how it is in, in other parts of the world. You might be able to give some insight there, but in the U S right. It's that we were going to school back a hundred years ago to figure out one certain job or skill to go work in the factory. And that's changed a lot, but yet a lot of still the same uh, mentality is there um, in the school system. Now college obviously came along and it was an opportunity to say, Hey, you know, especially private college, Hey, we can actually make money. This could be a business and certainly we can give degrees and that's going to be beneficial. Um, and I certainly think it's important, you know, if you're going to be a doctor, um, you know, I just had a nutritionist um, on my podcast. You know, if you're going to do those things, I think schooling is absolutely necessary. There has to be some certification. You have to have some sort of quality. You know, a lot of people, there's a lot of bad advice out there. Uh, and, and I'm the first one to say, like, listen, I'm going to give you my opinions on a lot of stuff. And certainly I'll give advice here and there of where I know topics. But I'm going to tell most people, go research yourself. Like, back me up. If, if I'm saying something, go go back it up by research, go do your research um, and make sure you have the right answers versus just kind of listen to someone where you don't know, did they actually get the experience? So I still think schooling is important in some aspects, but I think in a lot of ways on the job training or going out and dabbling for a little bit, especially in your early twenties, um, I think is a fabulous way to do it and figure out what you really want. So just, would you agree more towards a college degree or towards just a certification? 
I, I don't, I mean, I can't give that answer. I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying one's right or wrong nowadays in 10 years, we might decide that, Hey, one's better than the other, but it also decides again, what does someone want to do? So if, if you just go through, you know, schooling, let, let's say formal education of, of high school or what have you, and you just kind of go with the motion say, I'm going to go get a business degree. Okay, that's fine. Well, then how are you going to know what type of business? Like, are you going to go into sales? Are you going to go into you know, business operations? Are you going to go in, maybe it's a management, like, what are you going to go into? Well, you have to test the waters. And again, part of this is we're hurting the students because we don't have these programs. Like they barely teach sales. I, I, you know, I've been in software sales for a lot of years and I've learned that on the job and I've learned that, figured it out myself, how to be successful in that role. But there was nothing in college. I got a business degree from a, from a you know, university and I didn't learn anything about sales at that point. Um, Which and, sales and only, is like super, super important when it comes to business operations. Well, I think sales in, in, in negotiation in anything, not just in, in business and in, in other walks of life, but they don't teach a lot of that in college. But again, we're going down a rabbit hole here. I can, like I said, I can talk all day on that. I have a lot of opinions on it, but the reality is I, I think most folks, I would just say, I would encourage you to um, go and just look and explore, talk with people, just be curious about what's out there and you'd be shocked of, of where you can go with things. So I've said this before when it comes to sales and I'll keep saying it before you do get a college degree or you do decide for your life degree or your life major, whatever direction you you want your career to take you to, you have to work sales at least one year because it helps you grow so much more as a person, your social skills, your emotional intelligence, so much more. Would you agree with that? Would you say that sales just helps you get like as an individual, get to the next level and change your thinking? I mean, it, I mean, getting into sales will teach you very quickly if you want to stay in sales. That, that's one thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think it gives you a chance, like when you're calling people out of the blue, you know, it helps with rejection. It helps crafting, you know, the right messaging. Um, understanding kind of value proposition. I think the keys that gets pushed on the list um, that has helped me be successful is time management and prioritization. Because you can spend a lot of day being busy, but you're not actually getting work done. So I think being able to manage your time properly, be able to understand what's important, what's not, um, can really help you get to the next level. So yeah, you you can learn that a lot in sales, especially if you have a lot of balls in the air. Because you're on, if you're on the both ends of the spectrum, you're trying to build pipeline, trying to you know, bring in kind of those, those newer um, uh, prospects or clients or what have you on an early stage versus, you know, kind of closing business and trying to bring in new partners and trying to, you know, start those partnerships off on the right foot. You've got to work, work on all ends of the spectrum. Um, so I think, yeah, sales is valuable and it's not for everyone, but just like most careers aren't for everyone, but it's something where you can try out and see if you'd like. Um, and the people that love it, you know, stay in it for a long time. That's so true though, because once like sales is injected in you and once you really like it, you'll be, you will be that path for quite some years. <laughs> I can well, and, fully and, agree and, with and that. This is actually interesting. This is an interesting tangent to go on, but, um, when I was trained, so just a, as a, an aside, right. So I was in the golf industry. Um, I went to college actually to get a business degree and have a background in professional golf management. So folks listening that play golf, they may recognize the PGA um, the Professional Golf Association, you know, it's a PGA of America I was a member of, uh, was certified, you know, taught golf and the business side of the house, if you will. Um, so I was, you know, running some practice facilities for a few years. I, I ran my own teaching business here in North Carolina um, for about five or six years. And I transitioned out of that for a variety of reasons. But when I transitioned out of that and I was going to go into kind of like sales and stuff, um, and when I got my first sales job, I remember because so I worked. My brother had a uh, web development company. I kind of worked for him for about a year or two as I was transitioning out. And when I, I ended up leaving there to say, "All right, I'm going to go get a, a job away from working for my brother and kind of something like the big corporate job, if you will," uh, I actually had the reaction of probably most people like, uh, you know, I was thinking, "Do I want to get into marketing? Do I want to do other things?" Was like, 
sales that has such a bad rap is like, and you think of like the old car salesmen and stuff like that. And it couldn't have been farther from the truth. I mean, there's still a lot of bad sales reps out there. I mean, I'll go on record saying that I think the majority of sales reps are bad. Um, but I think that's the training that they get, um, in terms of what's right. And, and if you get around the right people, and I've been fortunate to have some great mentors from a sales standpoint in my career, um, it's kind of helped me kind of be in a different direction. Um, in that standpoint. But yeah, I had that notion of like, oh my God, sales, do I really want to do sales? But once I got into it, I, I fell in love with it. Uh, it was, I just kind of had a natural knack, I guess, for it. Um, People tend to be hesitant when it comes to sales though. Like I've worked car sales, I've worked door-to-door -door sales, I work inside sales. Like I've worked sales for the last six years pretty much. And unfortunately they do tend to get the, um, the negative reputation because like you did mention earlier, maybe the companies don't hire the right people and not the right training because, um, and, and, and this does happen, especially in corporate America, because they need so many salespeople, they don't find the right people. They don't look at the long term. They just need to fulfill their, their leads to be completed, mm -hmm. to be contacted, yep. to be, and, and I'm sure you went through that and I've seen, you've seen that yourself too. Right. And listen, I'm not going to give a pass. I, I, at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, the, the opinions or the, the thoughts aren't always well received because, you know, people take them a different way, but let's put it on the people, right? You have to go out. I mean, I, again, I look at this myself in the mirror. I certainly have failed at a lot of things and made a lot of mistakes. I've done that in sales as well, but learning where those mistakes were and learning where kind of I could have done better and then actually trying to do better and educating myself and practicing and role play and all that stuff has helped me get to a next level. So one of the things I would encourage people that are in sales is don't just take it for granted and show up and get your paycheck. Like you have to actually put in the time. If you spend time at a proper company and the top earners, the top sales professionals, they are some very sharp individuals. They're all different in their own light, but they're extremely sharp because they have put the reps in. It's like going to the gym and doing bench presses day after day. You're going to build up strength, you know, in, in the chest and back and all that, and, you know, upper body versus saying, oh yeah, I'll go once every few weeks. Well, you're going to get the same results. So you have to, you have to kind of look at it in that light is that you got to put the reps in. And ultimately when you do that, you can reap the benefits, um, of a successful sales career, most likely. I mean, absolutely. Practice makes perfect, right? <laughs> yeah, practice does well. And, you know, perfect practice makes perfect, I guess. You know, that so if, that if is very true. It goes, and again, I, this is actually, if you don't mind, um, I, I know we're getting on a sales topic here, but it's something I'm passionate about. Um, I see this a lot, you know, with the company I'm at and, and some of the newer, you know, sales reps and sales development reps that come in is if they don't get the proper training, if they're told to use, you know, whether it's certain like email templates or stuff like that, well, now they're guided and they think that's right because they don't know any better. So they think, hey, this is the way this, this, this person's showing me how to do it. So I think we have to make sure that you're doing the right things early on. And when you are doing role play or you are, you know, looking at, hey, I'm going to send emails out, what should they be? They need to be at least somewhat correct. Um, I did a, for anyone in sales that wants to listen, you can go look this up. You know, my Just Get Started podcast, I have these one mic sessions. They're really like rant sessions. But I, I have a, a couple that I'll be doing going forward, but I have one um, around sales that's called, you know, selling like a human. And it's basically kind of my three H's. Um, so that's something someone can check out if they want is if they're getting into sales or in sales and kind of struggling, it, you know, it talks about just the, th my, my, I kind of might, you know, some acronym, the three H's, if you will of, um, you know, being humble, being honest and being human and being those three things. Ultimately, you know, you don't have to know a lot. You just have to know how to be, do those three really good. And that could lead you in the right direction from a sales standpoint. So, sorry, that was a, that was a poor plug no, there I, for the no, podcast, actually, but it's no, actually, I actually like that. I like that because this is a discussion that I recently had with one of my very good friends when it comes to sales, because yes, um, the, the salespeople do get the better reputation because that might be commission only, that might be commission or early, depending on however, you know, your company have set that up or the work environment that you work at. But a lot of people forget to be humble and forget to be human and honest. Like they would like, that's one rule that I le at least have that is that in every sale that I make, I treat somebody how I would like to be treated or my family to be treated. And I'm always ethical. Like 
yes, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you about what you're getting. I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to be very stubborn when it comes to numbers. But I, this, I, will be, I will be human, which a lot of people forget, uh, like tend to forget that about sales. Right. And, and, and the human part too, the, the reason I say human is like, just like you and I are having a conversation, what I see most times, and I recognize this early on, someone actually pointed this out where, um, I'll give you an example. And again, this is a story just as when I, you know, one of the reasons I started my podcast was that I was told when I was 18, my public speaking teacher was like, Brian, you got great pitch and tone. You should be on radio someday. And like, I had a ton of people would say that about my voice and like good inflection and all that stuff. Well, guess what happened when I got into sales? I got on the phone and I became monotone because like, I thought you had to like talk a certain way and whatever, you know, like, so like you, you took the Brian element out of I, it. I took Brian that most people know and hopefully most people like, um, or at least know is charismatic and, and, you know, kind of, you know, it really, you know, again, very honest, a lot of integrity, but I'm going to tell it to you straight. I'm very direct. And I took that out because I was like, Oh no, I'm in sales. I have to do something a little different. And I did that for a little while and had minor success, but not a lot. It was kind of average. Once I flipped the script, the, the, the script on it, and I went back to just being myself, just like we're talking today, it was just like a mail, like a rocket ship taken off. And it was, what was awesome about it was that I could just be myself and just do, do the job that I know what I, I can do and just have conversations with people. Um, and that's what's kind of the last four or five years have been pretty solid. So it's, it's fun, but you have to go, th- and this is going back to kind of like the just get started or anything. You've got to go through it. You can't, I can't, no one else can just tell someone like, oh yeah, you got to do this, this, this. And when people ask me for coaching or insight, my whole thing is like, just go do it. Go make a hundred calls, figure it out. Sure. I'll listen back to stuff with you and I'll give you some insight, but you ultimately have to get in the grind and do it yourself. And that's been the biggest learning going back to kind of my kind of randomness I was talking about growing up and, you know, all the different, the, the things there, the tangents I went on, the biggest thing was I didn't have enough experience and ultimately why I kind of led down the path of just kind of the average, like, Oh, I got a career, got a relationship, you know, got married, had a kid, like the, just kind of that normal that most people get into because I didn't have any experiences to teach me otherwise. Um, and ultimately that's kind of what led me down that path initially. So it just kind of goes back. I'm so big on experiences nowadays. you got to try, you got to test, you got to taste and, and you got to see what's out there because life's too short. I mean, there's so many opportunities and new things that you can learn and the opportunities that it creates, right? You and I would have never met if you didn't take the chance to start a podcast, if I didn't take the chance to start a podcast probably. And then we met uh, through kind of the grouping there with the pot, you know, like you, you, you don't know. So I just think it's really cool on, on that opportunity. So anyways, let me, let me pause no, that on that is, again. That, that is very true though, because um, I want to touch base a little bit before we jump to take an action, but I just want to jump back a little bit for my salespeople out there. And this is coming from somebody that is literally passionate when it comes to sales. Like I love sales. Like I, that's, that's my zone and I really enjoy it. But a lot of people get frustrated because they don't see immediate results, but it's like, do those hundred calls like look at look at your the law of averages what it's supposed to be because it is a filtration system not you're not going to make a sale on everybody and then look at your numbers and then trying to find one or two things that you might need to work on and focus just on one of those two things and that's it don't try to overdo yourself and focus on a hundred things because you're going to lose focus and you're not going to end up seeing results because a lot of salespeople, a lot of new salespeople tend to get frustrated and they want immediate results when you're not going to get immediate results because just like you start a business on your own and like if from starting from the bottom, you're not going to get thousands customers right away. It's a filtration system. You just have to professionalize it and you just have to master it. And that, and that's how it is with sales at every, every type of sale. Well, and, and part of it too, though, on that, I'll, I'll agree partially and then I'll kind of give a different perspective on that is the answer is almost, we don't know, right? Because most people come into the role and they take whatever people give them and tell them and say, Oh, this is how it is. So I got to make, Oh, I'm going to make 50 calls a day. Okay. I'll make 50 calls a day or, Hey, you got to, you know, get this many prospects, whatever it is, whatever the job entails. What I always encourage people is I'm an against the grain person. 
I, and I, and I admit that, and, and that rubs a lot of people the wrong way and probably annoys some people. Like I'm totally against the grain. I generally think differently than most people. And not that that's a good or bad thing against one or the other person. It's just, I just think differently. It's your so way. Yeah. It, my encouragement is people that come into a like sales, if we're talking about, how do you look at it and say, all right, I'm into this job. This is what everyone's doing. How do I take a different approach and spin on it? Let me try something totally different. Now, this is also part of the observing. So, you know, I always tell folks, and I do this in every organization I've come into, is sit with the top two or three, figure out who the top producers are at the company and go sit with them. Even whether it's one or two times, listen to a budget conversation, listen to an early prospecting call, whatever it is. And then take little pieces from that and say, okay, that worked for them. That's interesting that, you know, and you, you kind of almost like Sherlock Holmes, you're kind of figuring out the mystery. And then you have to apply that to your own, your own self, your own human, right? Going back to what I was mentioning earlier. And, but I think if you think, so if like someone says, all right, Hey, Brian, to get the results, you got to make 50 you know, cold calls a day to this title. Most people be like, all right, I'm going I'm to go make 50 cold calls that title. What I would encourage most people to look at is like, okay, Maybe, and maybe I do make 50 that title, but what else, what can I, is there 25 other people that I could also try to get in touch with, but maybe I don't cold call. Maybe I um, go through email. Maybe I send a handwritten note. One thing that I'm starting to do a little bit more is writing handwritten notes because almost no one is getting handwritten notes. And, and, and another thing too, if I can keep going down this rabbit hole is that you have to know your market. Right. So I used to say, so some of the different uh, roles I've had the last you know, three or four years, let's say. So, you know, I was selling to like VPs of marketing and creative directors, right? And that's a different sale than when I sold to, you know, sales professionals and VPs of sales and, you know, CROs. And now for the last year and a half, I've sold to local government. Uh, that's a totally different market, right? Two totally different. So someone that's selling the local government can't do the same thing of someone that's selling the VPs of sales. And I think you have to really know your market and, and the people um, that you're conversing with um, and, and go out and try to figure out what's the best way. Because that's all it is. Like, I don't think there's any tactic or whatever. It's really just creating opportunity. You know, if I'm talking to someone, I know that my product can help them and make their life easier or better or whatever, you know, whatever it is for them. And if I can't, I'm not going to try to sell you, you know, the snake oil, right? The kind of snake oil salesman thing from yesteryear. I'm, I don't, if I don't believe I can sell you something, I'm going to tell you to go somewhere else. Yeah. If I think I can, I think that we can really help you and impact your life. I'm going to be extremely persistent and I'm going to be very direct with you. And again, most people like that and appreciate that. Some that don't, that's fine. Probably not the best people to work with, but I think you just have to understand how to talk with people. Um, get in front of the right people. And it's not always the people that your, your business says you may have, you may find a different route. That's interesting. And, uh, and ultimately can, can craft, um, you know, as you were talking about earlier is all that, yeah, it can start slow, but then it can rapidly grow if you get in the right market. But that's why you put your, your own element to it. So you take the formula, but you twist it around and you put the brand element to it to, right. to make it, like work for you much better than has been working for X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And let me give you another example there. Hopefully, again, this is some advice that helps others. Like when, um, when I was selling software to creative directors, you know, so for, for folks that know that think of that graphic design, right? Mark, let's say I'm under a marketing team at a company uh, where all the branding and logo design, all that stuff goes on. Right. So, I, so we had phenomenal clients. We had some really great brands and everything. And we had one or two sports teams. And for me, I'm a big 49ers fan. I'm a Mets fan, huge golf. You know, like I love sports. And so for me, I was interested. I said, this is a really neat path. How do we get into this? So what I took the initiative of, and, and for me, it was the right thing to do. The company didn't tell me to do this. I just wanted to. I said, I'm going to start going after every sports team and try to get in front of them. Well, and the reason I'm telling this story is just one of those things, I'm big on serendipity that happens, is, and I was fortunate, um, a great gal that I work with, she was kind of helping me call into some folks. Well, I got in touch with, I, I, won't, I won't say any names or anything, just to, not that it protects them or anything, but, but anyways, I got in touch with a great guy at a, 
Um, let, let's just say they're one of the top teams in baseball this year doing very well. But anyways, um, got in touch with him. He was the creative director. Well, he has this conference that he basically started. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mention, I'll give him a little you know, publicity on here. The major level creative is what it's called, but it's for like sports designers and stuff like that. Well, I was able to get into that conference um, with our company. And I think I, I left the company two years ago. They're still going to that conference. So it's you know five years in and we've been a sponsor of it. And we brought in a lot of partners from that conference. Um, the biggest thing for me, as much as, hey, it was great. We brought in partners for them. One of the great things for me is um, him and I are like best friends. And we talk every once in a while. He's an unbelievable guy. And I've met so many you know, connections and, and great folks from that. But it's just one of those things where you never know what could happen. As long, if you think outside the box, try something different, it may just fail miserably because I have plenty of those stories too. Um, but I always like to sometimes tell a success story because it gives people maybe motivation that, hey, let me try something a little different as well. Maybe I can carve out a new market in my business that wasn't there before. So just something to think about um, for folks listening. So what would you say was the biggest lesson or something that you take with you from sales to your personal life? Well, it could be vice versa. You know, what I take from my personal life that's helped me in sales. But I, I, again, I can probably rattle off 20 different things. The, the first top of mind that comes is uh, it's mindset. Positive mindset. Um, I complained a lot in my late teens and my 20s about what I didn't have, you know, who got it better than me. I was a middle child. I should have got better parenting. I, I, I can go you know, down the list. Um, I complained a lot. I bitched and moaned. I, uh, you know, not that I wasn't, I don't think a fun guy to be around. I mean, I, I, I wasn't complaining like that kind of thing, like every second of the day, but it's in my own way. I was kind of pouting, if you will. You weren't um, taking ownership of your actions. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't. Um, and that's, that's a big part of self-awareness. And in the last four or five years, I kind of call this the Renaissance period I joke about, but it's really, I've had this kind of awakening that, you know, a lot of it, it's my fault. I, I, I used to think those were negatives. Now I look at those as positive opportunities, things that happened earlier in my life, um, that ultimately led, like as an example, uh, you know, I didn't, my parents didn't buy, even my, my brother and, and I have a younger sister, but like my brother and I used to golf a ton, playing tournaments, we buy golf, golf, my dad, my mom didn't buy us anything. Like I barely remember anything. And, but growing up, it's like, oh God, we got to get a job. You know, I had a paper out when I was 11 and stuff. But what that paper out taught me, I look back now is work ethic. You know, I had to get up at 5.30 in the morning every morning, even when it was, you know, there's two foot of snow in New York and my friends were, you know, sleeping on a snow day. Um, it taught me work ethic. It taught me actually how to talk about money because I'd have to go to, you know, people's house and there was an older neighborhood that I delivered papers in and basically like, oh, hey, the, the paper went up, you know, a quarter. And they're like, what? You know, like I have to negotiate. I'm talking through price. Like, I didn't realize it back then, but that actually helped me in sales. That actually helped me later in my life. So biggest thing I guess is changing my mindset and being extremely positive. I have always, I think been, a, you know, mostly positive, but there was a lot of just like complaining. And like I said, bitching and moaning, but once I just turned it, the dial all the way to positive, kind of the three quarters of the way full glass, um, it's, it's just been a, a game changer. Um, because I, I just have a perspective on life that's so different. Like, I mean, I just have so much gratitude, for one, what I have in my life, how lucky I am, um, how lucky for the people around me and, and those type of things. And it's just one of those things that I take that into sales or into other things, you know, other, other endeavors I'm doing and, and obviously personal life as well. Um, I think that's vital. So I would say for anything, audit your life and really have some self-awareness about, um, uh, what you're doing, how you're talking, how you're talking to yourself. What are you saying to yourself? And are you are the things you're saying to yourself nice? Because there was a long time where I had no confidence. Um, I definitely didn't think I could do anything. Like I was like, eh, I'm just some average guy. I'm not going to do, you know, because I had no confidence in myself. I would talk bad to myself. I would let what people said to me or, or how they talked to me affect me a ton. 
I've changed that a lot where, again, really try not to take so much from other folks. Um, I certainly take advice and insight and stuff, but like, you know what I'm talking about, the judgment type comments. Just try not to, I, I try to let that filter out very quickly um, because again, it doesn't, it doesn't go down the path of positivity, which I'm all about. So that would be, that would be the biggest thing. Um, figure is that out how, a way to be positive. Is that how um, your podcast idea got started too? Yeah, with you know the podcast that got another interesting story. So actually, this this kind of circles it back together, which is fun. Um, ironically, so remember I talked about that confidence the conference major level creative that I went to. Well, mm -hmm. the first year I met, I went to that, I met a guy named Adam Martin. Um, he has a podcast called Makers of Sport. Really cool guy. He's a he's a, a cool designer um, in Kentucky, and. Anyway, so I was talking to him about podcasts. I'm like, oh man, this is really cool. I loved his podcast. I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna start a podcast. I've been thinking about it. And he's like, yeah man, do it. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do it. Well, a year went by and I saw him at that same conference the next year and I didn't start a podcast yet. And I kind of had my tail between my legs, but I talked to him again about it and we were whatever. And he, at this point he's probably like, all right, God, who the hell is this guy like saying he's gonna do this and he's not doing it. Well, hey man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it this year. I, I got it set. Like, you know, last year was a lot of excuses type thing, but I got it. Well, what do you think happened? Another year went by. Now I see him the third year and I had not started the podcast. And so this is 2017, summer 2017. And I told him at that time, and actually, you know, I'll name drop Chris, whatever. So Chris Garcia, <laughs> who I said I was going to say name earlier, who cares? Um, he's an awesome guy. But so Chris is the one that started the conference. So Adam and Chris are standing around and I'm there with them. And I said, Adam, Chris, I'm, I'm literally starting the podcast. There's nothing that's going to stop me from doing this. And you guys are both going to be guests on it. And sure enough, we started it and they've both been guests uh, on the podcast. So it's a cool little story, but really what it was and the reason it's called just get started is because I didn't get started for two years and I had, I didn't have confidence in my ability or what, you know, my opinions or what I thought. And I didn't believe in myself. And I think a lot of people out there are just like me, where they have an idea, they have a vision, they have a, it doesn't have to be a career, it could be a side hustle. That's what I'm doing uh, with some of this stuff, right? I'm, I'm managing my time to do it all. But they just, they, they're scared to get started because they got judged by their friend or their mom or someone else. Um, and they just don't believe in themselves anymore. So, you know, I'm kind of a, a testament, hopefully, not like I've done some grandiose things, but I'm just hopefully a testament that, listen, you could do it. You could put yourself out there. And by the way, on the other side of fear of, of starting something, the opportunity is just tremendous. We can spend a whole hour of, I talk about gratitude, how thankful I am for all the things that have come out of just doing the podcast, whether it's different learning, mentorship, networking with folks, new friends I've met, it, it's just been, uh, been unbelievable. So that's a long story, but that's, yeah, that's kind of how the podcast started. Um, that's interesting. So yeah. you were just at one point that I just literally need to get started and that's the name of the podcast too. <laughs> Well, well, that's, that's why it's called just get started. Cause I had thought about doing a variety of things. I was like going to talk about the 49ers. I was gonna do like a niche thing. I was gonna, I was gonna talk about a variety of like health and fitness, which is huge for me. Um, but I landed on that because as I went forward and I kept thinking about, okay, what's this podcast idea going to be? It was like, wait a minute. It's, I, I've been saying I'm going to do it for two years. I just got to do it. And that's why, you know, just get started happily pop up in my mind. And, uh, and I did it, but you know, it's one of those things too, if I could just layer in one other thing that any, there's so much stuff out there, right. That you could do this. goes back to what we talk about with childhood and those type of things. I would encourage everyone as they audit themselves and kind of look at what they like, what they don't like, look at some things in childhood in, in your childhood that was important to you or things that, you know, you kind of like, because I think as, as children, I see this with my, my son, it's like, you don't worry about all the minutia, right? You just have this imagination, this curiosity. So it's funny, right? When I was one, I told you about the story, you know, Mr. Hines, who said, Hey, Brian, you got great pitch and tone. You should be on radio someday. Right. Then I also remember back and, and I still love this is I used to love watching like Regis and Kathy Lee and David Letterman 
and all of these like interview type shows. I don't know why, I just loved watching them as a kid. And so I started to piece this all together and I'm like, wait a minute. And then uh, by the way, from an entrepreneur standpoint, I've always wanted to start my own business. I've always wanted to do that. I, I've watched countless hours of whether it's Steve Jobs, you know, I've been following Gary Vaynerchuk for eight years, like all of these different folks um, that I kind of see myself, you know, hey, maybe, you know, that could be me, quote unquote, someday type thing, that entrepreneurship mindset. So all of this together, look how this comes together, right? Is like the entrepreneurship mindset, the the, the voice, if you will, even though I still like, eh, I guess I have an okay voice. And uh, and then the interview style. And that's why I've just got started as an interview based platform. Um, because of all this together. So anyways, it's That's funny how it came together. Yeah, it's just funny how it came together. Now, now you're making me think. I have to think of what I liked when I was younger or like a child and like, what did I really enjoy? What do I do now? So I haven't found any coordination there, but I'm gonna, I'm like, you just trigger some more thoughts in my hat. Yeah, it may not be for everyone. I, again, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe everyone, everyone might look back and say it's different, but I, I just think it's not so much even something you like. It's like just how you did things, you know, what, like I was talking about with delivering papers and stuff. Like I, I realized that work ethic, like as an example, right. Is in my twenties, I wasted a lot of time in my twenties. I was very lazy. I didn't do a lot of stuff. I watched a lot of football and TV. I watched a lot of TV shows. I, besides like kind of doing my golf career stuff, and I didn't invest a lot of time in learning or anything like that. So going back to childhood, right? When I was getting into my 30s, I'm 36 now. I don't mind saying that, right? So as I was getting to my 30s um, and this kind of learner kicked in, right? This knowledge that I wanted to have, this thirst for knowledge that just all of a sudden clicked in, I was able to tap into all of that work ethic I had you know, beating golf balls for four or five hours in the afternoon when I was a kid, um, delivering papers or other jobs I had where I had to work at odd hours or different things. I, I was able to pull that back out and use that to motivate myself to, again, better manage my time and ultimately get a lot more things accomplished. And this kind of this learner kind of jumped out because of that. I already knew I had that inside me. I just had forgotten it, right? It kind of went away. So what what um what would you say you're the most proud of that like a goal or an achievement that you've reached recently? Like when you look back at it, what would you say you're proud or you feel fulfilled some and uh, in, in one way or another? Um, because you you've done a lot the last three to four years. I have. I mean, I'll give a sappy answer, really, and it's it's kind of actually the right answer. Is you know, I'm just proud when when I see my son smiling. You know, I'm proud that I've instilled things to get him thinking differently. Like the other day he was, he was telling me, he's like, dad, I want to start a lemonade stand and get my friends to like help me out and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm creating this little entrepreneur here. What is going on? Um, you know, like that just makes me happy. And, and you could probably see the smile on my face. Like that's really something that that's awesome. So, and that's how I, and, and that's really one of those things where I'm really big on this fulfillment in life. Like we could all be happy. And I'm not saying people quit their job tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not preaching any of that jazz. But if you go a nine to five job, even if you like it or don't like it, you know, what could you do after the kids go to bed for a couple hours or maybe an hour or two on the weekend, right? Like even the podcast, I don't know about you, like I, I probably average about maybe two hours a week it takes me to kind of edit it, to do the digital graphics, stuff like that. It's not like it just you know, a 24 seven thing. So figure out what you like. It might not be podcasting, but figure out what you like and the things that make you happy um, and fulfilled in life. And like I said, ultimately kind of go down that path. So yeah, I don't know. I think that would be it. I mean, I, I you know, one of the things with my podcast, you know, I write on the, um, I don't know if anyone else does this. I, I hadn't, I've been okay with goals in the past, but this was the first year that I actually wrote goals on my bathroom mirror. So I have to look at them every single day and I just check one off the box. Um, I had three written on there. I just checked one off a big one. It was hitting 75 episodes of my podcast. Um, when I started in 2019, I had, I think 35, 34, 35, and I just hit number 75 here and we're in mid October. So I'll get well past 80 this year. Uh, but my goal is to get to 75. So that was a big, I guess, like accomplishment, I guess you can That's say awesome. where, you know, this just comes down to consistency. That's, that's all. It's just something I'm passionate about and I just stay consistent with it. And, and you keep checking that box that, you know, one episode to the next and, and here we are. So 
That is awesome though, because as a podcaster myself, I know like it takes grind work and it takes time and it takes dedication in order to make sure the audio and everything, like I'm not saying that I'm the best podcaster out there. I'm way far from that, but just like trying to make the perfect episode that you can't, it does take a lot of work and hitting like 75 episodes. That is a big goal because a lot of people tend to quit very early on those stages and they don't really get to explore the full experience or get to explore like what connections they can get from the podcasting or how their life can change from it. So yeah, that is yeah. a great milestone. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thanks. And, and one of the things too, and again, I'll, I'll, I use podcasting because I think having this audio form, you can do video, you can, you know, whatever. The documentation is unbelievable nowadays. And I think we actually take it for granted. Um, a lot of people, they, they'll be on Twitter and they're like bitching about stuff, right? Tweet, man, I'm like, yeah, that's a waste of time, right? Um, but like this platform, I mean, imagine this, right? So my grandmother, she was like like the number one person in my life. She passed away this past year in 93 and uh, Nana Rowe. And I had the chance a year prior, I just, I, I never done this. But I just, I sat with her on the phone for two hours and I just picked her brain, just curious about her upbringing, you know, some of the tragic thing, like her first husband um, uh, tragically died in a car accident when he was like 25. So she had two kids. She was in her mid twenties, you know, no job. And, and he died in a car accident. This is back in the 1940s, right? Um, and uh, I don't know if you can say fortunately or unfortunately, like, if that didn't happen, she probably didn't meet my grandfather and I don't exist. We're not talking today. Um, but anyways, <laughs> that's a, that's an aside. But the, um, what I was getting at is um, I'll use my son as the example, but 40 years from now, people can listen back to this interview and what we were talking and thinking and what was going on in our lives at this moment, which is really neat. I don't have that luxury with my grandmother or even my parents. And I think that's one of those things where that's why I'm so big on podcasting. It's like just documenting what's going on in your life and giving, giving people that window into it. As I always said, like when people ask me, Brian, why do you podcast? The first thing that always comes up is, and again, it goes back to my son. He's just it for me is I want him to be able to look back. Maybe, maybe I get hit by a bus tomorrow. I don't know that he can look back and he can listen to his dad and say, wow, there's some, there's, he did some cool things or, Hey, you know what? He tried something at least he, he kind of overcame his fear of, you know, kind of putting himself out there and he, you know, he tried it and he, and he gave his opinions and, but he did it in an honest way and in a very, um, in, in a very kind of integrity type way, um, if you will. So Anyways, that's a that's, that's <laughs> philosophical, a, but um, that's well, the, no. that's the shit I think about. So I don't know. That's so true, though, because one episode that I launched a while back, and uh, some of my loyal listeners, uh, they, I'm sure they've listened to this episode, is writing your own neology. Like, uh, as much as nobody wants to think about that day, you don't know. Not tomorrow is not promised. Unfortunately, you don't know what happens tomorrow. So, like write your own best life speech. What would you like people to remember you as? What would you like people to think about you? Or what would you like, like, what would you like your legacy to be? And once I did that, that's when I'm like, I want to do this and this, I want to influence people, but how do I do it? Where do I find the platform? So it's very important. I think that's awesome that you're doing this too, because later on tomorrow, if somebody wants to know Romina, wants to know Brian, they, they want to, you know, have a conversation. They can listen to this episode, for example, and they can have a better understanding than just a picture of a, or a 10 second or 20 second video. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know what you said, you know, yeah, it sounds kind of morbid, but, um, I, and I'm sure a lot of listeners know Gary Vaynerchuk and, and maybe a foul Gary. Um, I, I think, you know, again, I love his messaging and it's changed over the years, but it's so funny. I think it was within the last couple of years when I guess someone pulled him aside and asked him like, Hey, um, I think it was a video we did like, sure, hey, give me three quick words of, you know, how to live. And he's like, you're going to die. Like that was his advice. And that kind of caught on it kind of, you know, kind of virality there. Um, because that's, I mean, that's, and that's really a lot why I changed four or five years ago. Cause I said, is this really, is this my life? Is this how it's going to be? As am I just settle in this way? Or do I want to try, even if I fail just flat on my face, um, do I just want to try and kind of make it an epic life? And, uh, and that's ultimately why kind of, I changed my tune on a lot of stuff using that, that kind of is my motivation. Like 
I say that a lot, kind of, yeah, tongue in cheek, like, yeah, I can hit by a bus tomorrow, but I can't. You never um, know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, nothing is given. So why not just try to put yourself out there every day, try to do your best, um, and at the end of the day, do it in a positive way. There's so much negativity in the world. Do it in a positive way. Care about people. Help people. Um, and, and at the end of the day, man, that's a, that's a great life, in I my mean, mind at least. And, and once you've reached that mindset, it's really like any negative situation, at least I'll, I'll say personally, any negative situation, you don't, you don't pay as much energy to it as much as there's an issue. Let's fix it. Let's move on. There's other better things to look at out there. Like once, once you change that mindset that something might happen tomorrow, I'm going to try my best today. You, you get more stuff done. You, you enjoy life a lot more. You're happier. Yeah. Yep. You're, you're right. And one of the things that helped me out with that kind of as a, as a tool is meditation. Um, about three years ago, I came across the headspace app, which I'm sure a lot of people know about now. Um, it wasn't as well known back then, but, um, the, uh, you know, meditation is an interesting thing because it, ha it had taboo a lot of years ago, but it just helped me be more, you know, mindful, be kind of, um, understanding about things, my thoughts and just kind of decompress almost. Um, I even use it a lot just to go to sleep at night. I'll, I'll put on and, um, Andy's the voice on there. He's one of the, the founder and you know, the co-founder. He's, he's basically the main voice, but if anyone had, I download headspace in a heartbeat. If anyone has ever thought about meditating, they have a couple free like sessions and stuff on there, but I pay the, honestly, I, I'll go on record saying I pay the yearly cost for it. Cause I think it's absolutely uh, well worth it. Um, it, you, you get your, you know, you, you get your money back very quickly, um, if you invest the time in it. So anyways, that's one of those tools that has been helpful for me to at least center myself and, uh, and be more in thought of like, you know, kind of what's going on and to your point, those situations that you do come across, you can react a little bit different to them, um, just because you're kind of a little more mindful of it. Absolutely. And I feel like, I feel like we touched some really great points during this, this interview. And I know your podcast also touches amazing points too. Um, if you want to tell the listeners a little bit more to where they can find your podcast and what kind of topics or like, where do you try to focus on your podcast? So this way uh, my audience can absolutely reach out as well. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, so the the podcast, um, the this the the one main one, right? I'm actually starting another one with my brother, um, but this main one is called Just Get Started, and it's it's one of these neat. You know, I, I think it's neat because I'm talking with people that they've seen some success in life, that quote unquote, whatever you know you want to deem success, but really, as they're trying to be fulfilled. And they're trying to be fulfilled away from, again, status quo, the society, you know, kind of norms, that box we get put the in. The society's definition of success. Exactly. So they're, they're doing, they're doing, you know, I've had folks on there. A lot of the folks on there are entrepreneurs. They're, they're founders of businesses or CEOs um, that, you know, maybe co-founders, what have you. They're musicians. I've had artists on there. Um, so I've had a, a run the gamut of a lot of folks, a lot of authors. So, but just folks that re wanted to carve out their own path and do things a little bit differently. And that's the type of story. And, and what I've been doing, because it kind of leans to my North Star, is trying to get impactful stories. You know, we just, I just have one on these four mothers that started this nonprofit for autism, or really to have not just autism, but more inclusive communities for, um, you know, people with exceptionalities, as they call it you know, stuff like that, people that are doing, you know, more social conscious things. So I'm trying to lean toward that even a little bit more, some of the guests that I have on, but it's kind of like I said, run the gamut. It's, it's really a crapshoot, a lot of different folks. Um, there's not like, Oh, you know, you're going to have this type of, you know, you're gonna have a 30 year old that does that. It's, it's, it's a randomness. Um, I had, I've had a, um, the, uh, the Fennell family, <laughs> these are three kids that have co-authored books and they're running a business. They're like 15, 11, and 10 or something. Um, you know, I have a 16-year-old um, kind of like sustainability type gal that's trying to like change the world from a plastic and that standpoint that's coming on the podcast soon. So it's, it's just a random assortment of people, but they're all really good people that are just trying to figure it out um, and just realizing that age doesn't matter, where you came from doesn't matter. It's really what you actually want to put your time into um, and invest in. So yeah, you could find it. Um, actually, I just put my new website up. So just get started podcast.com. 
um, is the easiest way. Um, certainly can, you know, follow at just get started podcast on Instagram or, or follow me, you know, um, at Brian Andreco on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, and then I have my website as well. That'll be changing a lot with some of the things I'm doing with this children's book I'm writing and stuff like that. So brianandreco.com is my personal website. And, and I love the podcast idea because so as my listeners can tell, this is the podcast idea behind mine as well towards having a quality conversation and asking those questions. How you did it? Why did you do it? How did you overcome this, you know, this obstacle or how would you like to change it for the future? Um, those are questions that I feel like they're very important towards helping somebody else. And that message can be transmitted to another listener that it can help them a long term. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of great advice in there. There's a lot of um, insight, right. Of like how people's and really what the story, the reason why I want to do this. And, and by the way, it's not like, would I love to have like LeBron James on or people like that? Yeah, absolutely. But like, you know, I'm a big Tiger Woods fan and stuff, but like those guys are the top of the top of this. And there is some luck in terms of, you know, LeBron James is six, nine has the body, right? Like he, he's got a, you know, phenomenal, like just skills to obviously play basketball, but the people that I'm interviewing and, and some are well-known people know some, you, you know, maybe have never heard of them, but they started and, and they kind of have the same opportunity you and I have, right? It's just, they put the time in and they put the consistency in over the years to grow their business or whatever endeavor they're in to see it through. And some are right in the thick of their journey. Some are further along, right? And some are just starting. So it's a really, you know, kind of mixed bag. So you might you know, listen to every episode and then some folks will listen, you know, every few because they, they see different people that maybe align with what they're trying to do, like a blogger or artist or author or something like that. So you can pick and choose as well, but yeah, just get started. You can find it on Apple podcasts, you know, Google play, Spotify, et cetera. Perfect. Awesome. I'll, and I'll attach all the information too for all the listeners. They do want to bounce along and listen to the podcast as well. Well, Brian, I feel like we touched, we touched some really great topics and it is time for the final question, which I'm always intrigued as the everybody's response is different. So what is your definition of success? That's a really good question. Because yeah, I, I, I'd be curious to actually listen to all the different answers, kind of like almost like one after another. You should maybe do that. You should cut them all together. Um, you know, I'll go back to kind of something I mentioned earlier. I'm really big now on, you know, my, my mindset's changed a lot. I'm going to go down a slight tangent because I want to give some context behind my answer. But when, you know, I several years ago, right? I was always like, Oh, I'm going to start like a software business. And I'm going to, you know, as an entrepreneur or whatever. And, and I think I used to say that, not that I don't want to maybe do that down the road in certain ways, but I used to say that because that was the cool answer to say, right? Cause I cared about what, like, yeah, I'm going to start a software business and whatever. Um, but my, I started to really look at what's my actual North star. And I would encourage other folks out there to think about their North star, right? Because think of the North Star, you're always trying to go after it, but you never actually reach it. Um, and, and maybe you do in some respect, right, metaphorically. But the, the reality is, if you know your North Star and what that is, like my North Star I figured out is I want to impact um, the younger generation, the youth. I want to give them really what I didn't have and what a lot of folks my age or older didn't have was that an opportunity. You know, if you look at the school system we talked about earlier, if you look at the nutrition that these kids are eating, right? I mean, the, the amount of kids that have diabetes these days is just astronomical. It's ridiculous. Um, if you look at all these different things that they're going through, what kind of earth are they going to inherit if we go climate change or what have you? Like, there's a lot of things. So I actually want to do certain things that are going to help make those kids happy, healthy, um, kind of live a better life, right? And a lot of the stuff. So with the podcast, right? With this other podcast I'm starting, with the children's books, there's another business I'm working on. All these things lead toward that North Star. So my definition of success is kind of going back to that was, a, I went around the circle, is as long as you're going toward your North Star, I consider someone successful. But if you're hiding in the shadows and you're scared, 
and you're going to sit and complain, you can complain, right? Or, or I mean, you could, you could sit in the shadows and you can do whatever, but you can't complain. So you might love the nine to five jobs. You know what? I'm doing this. I'm getting a paycheck. I'm buying a nice car and a house. I do not listen and no judgment. Go do it. But you can't complain that someone has it better or maybe is happier or whatever you want to perceive that. So I would encourage everyone, you know, to, to look at what success is, is really going toward your North star going in that direction, because ultimately that makes you more fulfilled in life and makes you a happier person and the people around you. So that's my definition of success is that if I go toward my North star, I'm not going to be 90 years, you know, 90 years old sitting on the porch, regretting not doing it. It's that I actually took the step to try to do it. And I may achieve great things. I may have been average, but hopefully I've impacted a lot of people's lives um, for the better. And I can sit at least, you know, pat myself in the back and say, you know, Brian, you had a good run with it and, and you, you know, you did some cool things. So that, that's my definition of success in a very long-winded way. I like it because not even you're talking about self-fulfillment, but like self-satisfaction, but you're also taking it out of just what Brian wants. You're also thinking about other people as well. So it's such a self-satisfaction, self-fulfillment, also kind of being not selfish the same way. So I really like that. I like that answer, yeah. actually. Well, and it goes back to, listen, I mean, again, I don't want to go down. We've been going for a while here, and I appreciate it. I mean, I don't want to go down the path too long, but it goes back to, again, I've reflected so much. I mean, I've sat for a long time and thought about, you know, the past 36 years. Well, what I can remember those first few years, but let's say the past 30 years or so, but, um, and really thought about it. And I've always, you know, I've always had that attitude of wanting to give back, wanted to help. You know, I see the person struggling across the street. I want to help them like that type of thing. It doesn't make me a martyr or saint or anything. I'm not saying that I'm certainly have probably done bad things in my life. Right. I'm not, you know, <laughs> but the, the reality is that that's always been something that I cared about. And I kind of get choked up and emotional about. So that's what I want to do. I want to help those kids out. And the reason I, I say the next generation, because listen, at the end of the day, there's people that are 42 years old that they're just set in their ways. They're not going to change. So I can certainly kind of, it kind of goes back to our sales talk. I can try to sell the people that don't want to be sold to, but I can also try to impact people that don't know that much. And I can give them the right tools to maybe make better decisions whether it's again on nutrition or other stuff or whatever, as they're growing up, things that I wish I had. So that's why it's really a focus on the younger generation, the youth, because I think they're the ones that can actually be impacted the most and make the most change for our world and the next generations to follow. So that's kind of my North Star. And ultimately, like I said, a lot of the decisions I make now go toward that North Star. So if it doesn't, if it's something I get asked to do and has nothing to do with that North Star, I say no. Um, and it might be a great opportunity but I say no because I don't think that really helps in terms of what I'm trying to do or maybe the people that I, I think I should be surrounded with because of that. So it's just something I think for, for people to consider um, and I think ultimately can help you because success really is happiness and fulfillment. That's really what it is. It's nothing to do with dollars. It has nothing to do with how big your house is. It's really happiness and fulfillment. And the way that if you look at anyone that's quote unquote happy or fulfilled, what are they doing? They're doing things they love. And ultimately, if what you love is, is normally your North Star. So anyways, it, it wraps around. Uh, anyways. No, I love that answer. I love it. And, I, and I'm really excited to see your next projects. And I'm really excited to see what you're going to achieve next. Because I know the last three to four years have brought a lot in your plate, a lot of positiveness and a lot of fulfillment. So I'm really excited for you and for what is to be expected next for Brian. And uh, don't forget, guys, you can always follow Brian on his podcast, and I'll attach all the information and the details, absolutely. And for all my listeners out there, if you do want to hear amazing episodes just like this one, do not forget we have them every Tuesday on iTunes, Spotify, Stitchers, YouTube, Podbean, Google Play, and iHeartRadio Podcast. Anything else you want to add, Brian, before we do let it go for the podcast today? For me, this has been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate you chatting through and listening to all my rants, <laughs> but I hope at least there's some good takeaways there. And I certainly enjoyed the conversation. So thank you. Absolutely.